November 2nd, 2023. We're coming to you from the GoGo Sports Studio built by Arbor Lee here at the iconic Wall Center where if you're heading to a game this weekend, and let's face it, it's going to be pouring rain. Don't fight the weather and the traffic both ways. Make it a staycation. Call the hotel, 604-331-1000. Matt Scares alongside Blake Price, Grace Ass Hitting Switches, conducting things this show, a presentation of Applewood Auto Group, celebrating 25 years. And right now at Applewood Nissan Richmond, Applewood Nissan Langley, Applewood Nissan Surrey. You can finance the 23 Rogue from 3.99%. Lease or finance the 23 24 Leaf from 6.99%. And then at Infinity in the Richmond Auto Mall, lease a 23QX50 from 3.49% or a 23QX60 from 2.99%. Because, Blake Price, it's all good at Applewood. It's all good here as well yeah. with Sick Harrison Price and Ringwide and GoGoad Sports. And uh, I'm sure many will have already seen the announcements made earlier today. We'll uh, address that a little later in the show on the welcome mat and thereafter. But needless to say, Blake, Grady, Jeff, myself are absolutely delighted to be adding an additional partner here. Yeah, thanks with, for the feedback from everybody. Yeah, too. and the feedback has been very, mm-hmm. very heartwarming. So. Very much appreciate all your continued ongoing support and the kind words that we saw today on social media. Poll question today. And boy, this is uh, tapped the nerve, I see. The early voting is huge on this. Are you okay if the Canucks trade a top pick or prospect for immediate help? Yes or no? You can vote at Sakarison Price on Twitter. And we're asking this question because Elliot Friedman in his 32 Thoughts column Quote, most active team behind the scenes, Vancouver. The Canucks like what they've seen so far. Their best players look great. They want to add and don't want to toss in sweeteners to do it. A hockey move with the hope to create cap room. When others are ready, they'll be waiting. That last sentence is important because I'm not sure a lot of teams are ready right now. We've heard about Columbus and right shot defensemen. There are teams out there like the Canucks with Connor Garland trying to get rid of guys like Anthony Mantha and Washington uh, comes to mind. We had heard earlier in the week the report from Eric Francis that the Flames have paused negotiations on extensions with some of their best players. So you wonder, maybe the Flames will be ready. Lost again last night. More on that in hashtags. But this very much seems a little bit different than simply a cap dump of Connor Garland. Right, like we know that they've been They're trying even to, higher than that. Yes, yeah. they we know they've been tra- trying to trade Garland and so far haven't found a fit. And so now, Blake, you wonder whether Connor Garland goes with something of value, like a top pick or a prospect, in order to bring a missing piece back. Of course, right shot top four defenseman would be the biggest missing piece, but they may perceive that other areas of the club need fortification as well. You now wonder whether you could combine that Connor Garland deal, which I think you were probably looking at in isolation at one point, and make it a bigger deal. It's going to be threading a needle to me. Oh, very much is. Getting the right, uh, you know, a. I think people are always okay giving up, I think, picks and prospects for players that have a long future. 
And so finding the right trade here that isn't a rental that's for somebody to get excited about, um, yeah, maybe that's there, but I, yeah. I, but the odds are against it. Like, the yeah. odds are way against it, especially this early in the season when everybody mm-hmm. – I mean, the Anaheim Ducks are, like, almost leading the conference, for God's mm-hmm. sake. Like, everybody's no, in exactly. it right now. So. Exactly. Very few teams are out. and, and uh, But, I mean, you know, there well could be teams looking to make a move. And, of course, if you can package Connor Garland, it's – you seen the movie The Big Short? Yes. Subprime mortgages. You know, you just bundle a bunch of shitty mortgages and then you right. got to sell Yeah. So you wonder if they – that's a very narrow, narrow channel. You have to find someone who views Garland as an asset, and there very well could be teams out there, as we always say about Connor Garland. The underlying numbers are decent. He is not without his – Attributes, including the ability to help as a secondary scoring option, and his enthusiasm and work rate has been there all season oh, yeah. long. The work um, rate is usually there. Yeah, yeah, and, and frankly, I think it's even picked up here a little bit lately. Well, he's going to hard areas. Yeah, well, he, and that's Longer like boards. bravery is not an issue with Connor Graham. Yeah, uh, didn't like the fact that he uh, didn't block that shot early in the season, but. When he had the opportunity, but since then you've seen him flying around putting his body on the line. So, anyways, look, I would be very surprised if Tom Wheelander was in a deal. It seemed like they specifically went out to draft a yeah. right shot defenseman to ultimately play with Quinn Hughes. I would be not as surprised if Jonathan Mackey is someone they look to trade. He's having an extraordinary start to his season in Sweden. But I just think a winger who's a goal scorer, and I understand his offensive game is filling out now, rounding out, and that's fantastic as well, but he's not a center. He's not a defenseman. I'd be surprised at Hunter Brustevich at this point. Yeah, yeah, but that might be a sell-high candidate where they go, wow, like, Brustevich looks great, but do we honestly... You know, think that'll translate, and of yeah. course, Brzezevich two, two or so years away. Yep. one would think. Yep. But as you talked about on a recent Price Is Right, our future first round picks now on the table for the Vancouver Canucks. We right. know the impatience of the owner. We know that the strategy for the better part of a decade is how can we jumpstart, kickstart, accelerate a path to competitiveness and contention. I voted no on the poll question just because I think they're more than one piece away from being a cup contender. And plus, it's very early in the season, too. They want to say, I I don't think anybody disputes that they're more than one piece away. They want to spend this so that they can get to one piece away, you know, in their own minds at the very least. They're one piece away from being one piece away. I mean mean that completely without irony. Like, I I honestly think that's probably where they think they are. And they're probably thinking, that's okay. We we would love to be one piece away from being a cup contender. That means you're close. So I, I, I maintain they're as many as four pieces away. But at least two. Well, from being a I, from, from being a juggernaut, yes. But from being a flirty team, uh, yeah, because they've got yeah, well, they, you know, they've got the key pieces covered, right? They've got a couple centers. They got a cornerstone defenseman. They got a cornerstone mm-hmm. goalie. Um, that's See, better than a lot of sides that have, are missing one of those. If if you want to take a strict view of it, I think Miller is a winger as opposed to a center. On a, he's trying to prove us wrong in that. Though. He, he is, and I'll give him credit. 
I, I do think you need to be better at third-line center than Pius Suter. And you certainly need a right-shot top four defenseman, but frankly, I think you need another lefty too because I think Cole and Susie are more third-pair guys yeah. on a cup team. I wonder if you it know, need- guys who can fill in up the lineup if need be, but yeah. So that's the strict view. You know, the the uh, the rosy view is just get another top four defenseman in here and get a, another forward. And if you like Miller at center, then maybe that's a winger mm-hmm. or maybe it's still the third line center upgrade. But yeah, the season to date has gone swimmingly well at 6-2-1 and one, heading into this game against San Jose tonight. Let me ask you this. Do mm-hmm. they just, if they get a defenseman, do you, do you think in their mind's eye, even before they get it, in their mind's eye, do they just want to add a right shot defenseman to the mix or do they want to add while getting rid of Tyler Myers? No, I think it's it's the former. Add a right shot defenseman and to And keep the mix. Tyler Myers, yeah. Well, again, Blake, you've get, okay, so get rid of Tyler Myers. Like, who do you have in the organization that's better than him for the third pair? Oh, for the third pair, no, you'd have the like, you, unless you'd, you're willing to play one of the lefties on the right side. Which no, you drop Friedman down to the to the third oh, pair. Yeah. Well, he's well, Matt, they're playing him higher than that now. I understand that, but that's been a very small sample size. And I don't necessarily think that But he lasted. can be a sixth defenseman. That's all they're asking. Well, okay. I put it this way. Um I'm not necessarily sure that Myers is at the value now that you would want to move him. I think you've got to get through a whole lot of games here between now and the trade deadline and see where you stand before you start making the calculation that we can just give away Myers and play Friedman and Juleson there and be fine. I thought Myers were pretty good Saturday night against the Rangers. Well, again, as a sixth defenseman, right. Tyler Myers is totally. But uh, but you have to weigh in. He's a six million dollar cap hit for us, right? And, and and if again, if there are teams that are willing to give you something for him that aren't daunted by a six million dollar cap hit, but I think that's you know, I think the moment, and I think frankly this has already happened, that you start peddling Tyler Myers, I think. Would be acquiring GMs, look at it and go, ah, well, he's a six million dollar defenseman. I got no cap space. You're yeah. gonna have to make this worth my while. So I, I think you're still in that realm right now with Tyler Myers. There is a possibility the worm turns, whereas you get close to the trade deadline, playoff teams look at it and go, that's a huge right shot defenseman who can skate and can actually handle the puck a little bit. Yeah, he makes mistakes. Yeah, sometimes there's chaos in his own zone, but we can live with that on a third pair. Or as a depth defenseman, but you know we're a long way from that. And look, Friedman, like he played eight minutes against the Rangers, eight. Yeah, you know, he played sixteen against Nashville. A lot of- but again, they they weren't very good against Nashville. They just got a good result. So I, I'm a long way from saying you know Mark Friedman and Noah Jolson, and that's fine. No, I, I think the aim would be to you know add the right shot defenseman, appropriately slot Myers, have Friedman as your number seven. Hell, Alvin called him a seventh when they acquired him, and then go forward with that group. And, and here's the other thing. Don't put it past them. Like you read a headline about this with other teams, and you just, but with the Vancouver Canucks, 
the Ronick deal and how it came out of left field, like there wasn't a single insider, and as Frank Saravelli explained it to us a couple of weeks ago, Stevie Eiserman very much with a, here's the deal, it's for you and you only, you've got 30 minutes, and if you say yes, done deal, I don't shop him. If you say no, Ronick's on the market, you're in com- competition with other teams for his services. Do you know how many draft picks the Pittsburgh Penguins had between first round draft picks oh. had between 2015 and 2021 Rutherford you, traded out a ton of one they had one right. first round right. draft pick uh, but what I would say so it's very much in Rutherford's MO as is the early move right we have talked about how Rutherford is an early mover and true to form last year the Bo Horvat deal became the one which was always going to be one of the big deals came very early came in January yeah as opposed to March at the trade deadline now the huge difference, huge, huge difference is Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin had proven themselves as Stanley Cup champions and playoff performers when those deals went down. Elias Pettersson, JT Miller, Thatcher Demko, and Quinn Hughes have not provided that sort of material for management to make similar deals. Demko was excellent in the bubble. Not sure how everybody views bubble performances these days. There is a school of thought that that wasn't really the Stanley Cup playoffs or not a normal enough postseason to draw conclusions. And, you know, Blake, we we see it almost every year. Great upstart team gets to the Stanley Cup playoffs and... Learns a lesson or two about what it takes to win there. Yeah, they would love to be that bridesmaid. They, <laughs> the Canucks would love. So what you're saying is, I'm not getting in their heads aspirationally enough. They're just about getting there. They're not necessarily they, about truly content. They just want to be invited to the party. Yeah. Oh, that's and and like they it's want. It's been a fair. It's, it's a they fair want to stay past 10 p.m. The, they want to. They, you know, they don't want to be the first mm-hmm. one to leave the party. But they, mm-hmm. I don't think they have aspirations for closing the party down. Either. No. Like, I, I think hey, I don't think hey. I mean they've got aspirations. I don't think they've got realistic expectations. Cinderella never goes back to the ball, right? No, she's in the pumpkin heading home. Yeah, I'm kind of lost in the metaphor now, but so am I actually. <laughs> uh, just the other thing, while we're talking trade here, Port Moody's Kent Johnson switches agents. Mm-hmm. He's off to CAA, as everybody in Columbus notes. It's the same firm that got Pierre-Luc Dubois out of Columbus. It's the same firm that got Seth Jones out of Columbus. He's been a healthy scratch for two of the first seven games. And uh, I wonder if they want some bigger muscle in, in their – he wants a bigger muscle in his own mind to lean on the team mm-hmm. or to get him out. One of, the, one of those two things. But we have heard Columbus peddling a right shot defenseman. So, Blake, is there a blockbuster to be made to bring Johnson home along with a right shot defenseman? The question there is how much does Johnson help you in the here and now, or is he more a work in progress? Because I think everybody would argue that Johnson's best days are ahead of him and but, not necessarily right now in his. But already half a point per game no, last that's, year. That's I mean, that's fair enough. better than a lot of wingers are going to find. But you certainly want to investigate why he's a healthy scratch two out of seven games for a new head coach. Yeah. But he's an old school head coach. Talk it. As mm-hmm. as we'll discuss later mm-hmm. on, really is is mm-hmm. finding a, gr- a great way to sort of balance it all in terms of his approach. Right. 
let's get to uh, let's get to practice yesterday because this takes on um, greater light. Elias Pedersen it was an optional skate in San Jose on Thursday. He briefly participated. He talked to the trainers and then he left. He also missed yesterday's practice, which Tockett called a maintenance day. So let's hear from the head coach on the star centerman. A little uh, maintenance for Petey. Yeah, he uh, he was dealing something about a week ago. It's just it's not it's nothing bad. So it's just I'd rather him stay off. Manage his, his, his ice right now because we got about, you know we got what is it 17, 18 games this month. So and with a lot of travel, so we're gonna have to really pick and choose when we practice right now, and uh, might have to give some other guys some maintenance days. Well, the good news is if it was there a week ago, it didn't prevent Tockett from playing him 27 minutes a career high on Saturday against the Rangers. If this team ever gets to actual full health, what do they look like? I oh mean, Mikheyev's not 100% because he's coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, honestly, if this is them banged up, holy mm-hmm. cow. And Jeff wanted us to play this next qu- uh, clip from Tockett because uh, he draws a comparison between Pedersen and Blake's boyhood idol. Take a listen. The outside in with the, the puck on his forehand, it's a dangerous shot. It's hard to defend. Remember Dale Howardchuk was back in the day, in our, our era, was so good at that, you know, going wide, bring it to the middle and shooting it. Petey's got that that option in his bag right now, and it's 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 effective. You can ask a goalie, it's, you don't know where you're going to, you know, does he go low glove, does he go high? And He's got obviously a great shot. Well, when you skated like Ducky, you needed some subterfuge in the toolbox, right? Yes. You needed some things that... Yeah, stood out a little bit more than you're skating, and he's right. I can see Howardchuk doing that, having the puck way out wide there, and then bringing it in quickly, shooting it from an inside angle. And this is all uh, due respect to uh, Ducky in the sky here, but um, you know, there's a lot more time and space back then. Oh, you know, of course. You know, like, oh my god. You know, the gaps were from the defensemen were way bigger than they are now, and also uh, there was a lot more net showing. There's that too. Then, yeah. So it's it's it is more impressive in today's NHL. JT Miller finally talked yesterday after his second period benching on Tuesday. Of course, he came back. He scored the goal. Uh, here's JT yesterday talking about uh, yeah what transpired on Tuesday against the Predators. Well, it was four minutes, so uh, I really wouldn't put too much into it. I was pretty hot, took some penalties, and uh, the team did a great job killing it off. So, I mean, it was just a let me cool off for the second or the last couple minutes of the second period. That's pretty much all it was. Uh, it doesn't really make any of it any better, but I guess it's a big part of the game, and uh, like I said, we found a way to win. Well, again, it was six minutes and change, but him and Tucker are going to would have let down a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Felt like if that four. makes him fear bad. Call it four. <laughs> the important Round part down. is. Message received, and uh, Blake and I were chuckling today because uh, the passing of the basketball coach, Bob Knight, yesterday, he has an incredible press conference where he talks about sitting on the bench is the greatest motivation that you can... Honestly, and, and, and to it, perfect timing. It really is. Yeah. Like I, I retweeted it. Go listen to Bob Knight on benching a player. The science as a motivational. It. The science behind it. That's right. science with a wink. Yes. yes. But hits bench. Bench retains butt. <laughs> butt transmits signal to brain. Anyways, uh, we'll see how much Miller plays and, and against the Sharks. I'm sure he's going to play a fair. And bit. good on JT for speaking to the media yeah, yesterday yeah. because honestly, that mm-hmm. just becomes a circus if he ducks again. So. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. 
Moving on to the British Columbia Lions, who play the West Division semifinal Saturday at BC Place, a 3.30 kickoff against the Calgary Stampeders. They're about a touchdown favorite, BC is, and of course seeking to get to their second straight West final, where the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are once again waiting. We got some news today from the CFL on divisional All-Stars, and the Lions with a Good crew of rep- representation there on the offensive side of the ball. We've talked about the great receiving group all year long. Alexander Hollins, Keon Hatcher, named All-Star. Suk Chung, locally here, on the offensive line as an All-Star. And then on, on defense, well, you knew Mathieu Betts was going to make it. Defensive tackle Woody Barron made it as well. And, you know, he was missed when he missed some time earlier in the season. And then the secondary has been extraordinary as well for a couple of years we don't talk about the secondary as much as the receiving group, but we should. Gary Peters, and I know J.C. Abbott at Three Down Nation, I was speaking with him last time I was in the Lions press box, thinks him the best corner in the Canadian Football League. T.J. Lee, the longstanding, of course, Uber veteran, the senior statesman Lions, Manny Rugamba, and then on special teams, Sean White, and Sean White may very well win CFL Special Teams Player of the Year. He's the West Division nominee, as Mike Betts on the most outstanding defensive player. Jalen Edwards, Cooper, Keenan LaFrance continue to miss practice there. So we'll see if they can go without those two. Edwards Cooper has been in and out of the lineup all year with injury. LaFrance, a good special teamer, and he's had some moments in the playoffs, Keenan LaFrance, earlier in his career. Calgary, they're playing the underdog card, and rightfully so. You know, you want to rally. And there was this quote from Mark and Michael, their fine wide receiver, who says, we were putting ourselves in positions that weren't condis- conducive to winning, and that last time we played in BC, we played our game, and that's why we came out successfully. So, a dangerous opponent here who did get better as the season went along over to overcome their slow start, and as we've noted, the Stamps have just been ravaged by injuries this this year. We'll see who among them is going to go. I imagine you're going to have some Stampeders who are just going to gut it out on Saturday because it's a playoff game. Now, got to announce our winners. We got a couple of winners here. Congratulations to Andrew Bell of Vancouver and Chelsea Langan of Surrey. You have both won a pair of tickets to Lions and Stampeders Saturday at BC Place. And folks, we invite you to get to the backyard brunch starting at noon on the plaza the tickets here are fantastically priced we they've as we've been telling you all season they have the youth ticket pricing there for 17 and under as well as tickets starting at 30 dollars for adults we're going to the game blake very much looking forward to it upper deck is open think we're going to have a big loud passionate crowd that will roar like never before Big start. Need the big Well, that's been one of the starts. formulas for the Lions, right? Especially yeah. with the home games. Jump on them early, put them in a deficit, and then see how you do passing against that great defense with the rushers, including Betts, and with the experienced secondary. So the secondary, warning, though, is, is for VA knowing that a big start is is imperative. Yes. Don't, don't force it. Don't force it. <laughs> don't be going for 80-yard right. bombs on every down, yeah. you know. Play your game still. There's so much I love about Vernon Adams. The one thing that would worry me desperately if I was a Lions coach, 
He does have, I mean, big play VA. He does live up to the nickname. Sometimes he tries to force that ball. excited. And he tries to force that ball when they're down in the scoring area as well. Yeah. Something I've noticed this year, he tries to fit some throws into coverage when they're the when they're on the twenty five and in. And in fact, uh, the Stampeders game from earlier this year, not the most recent one, but the first one here at BC Place, there were a couple of throws in the red zone where I just shook my head. I was like, "Oh, what's he doing? <laughs> this game is over. <laughs> Even if you kick the field goal here, VA, you're still you're gonna win. Don't throw the pick six down there." So we'll see. And, of course, he did have that knee. Left the game. And I know Rick Campbell said, I, hey, he, if it was a playoff game, he would have finished the game against Calgary after hurting the knee in Hamilton. But we'll see how mobile he is. Whitecaps, also a huge playoff game. Mm-hmm. Also op- upper deck open. 4.30 Sunday against LAFC. It is must win. We are giving away a four-pack of Whitecaps tickets Last call on that. We'll pick and announce the winner tomorrow. Hashtag Whitecaps, 778-402-9680. Just text us and you're in. Sam Atacube is back to full training. They called it a maintenance day earlier, earlier in the week, so there was no reason to suspect anything else. No. he's. Uh, I don't know that he would have been the choice anyway. I think there's probably going to be a change on the on the wings. Um, I wouldn't. Oh, really? I what are you thinking? I mean, I, I'm pulling this out of you know where, but I would guess he's. Vanny loves the defensive prowess of Ryan Raposo, mm-hmm. so and he he fashions Ryan Raposo the defensive option on that left side. He fancies Sam as the forward option. I'm going to guess he starts with Ryan Raposo, but that's just a pure guess. Um, more interesting to um, at training. I, I wonder about the what's being interpreted as the usage of Luis Martins. And I think that what they might do is how they finished. Uh, Luis is the left foot, true left foot. Have him as the uh, left center back and have Tristan Blackman as the right center back. And uh, Ranko down the middle. That's another option available to uh, to Vandy. It would be a little bit risky because they haven't done that a whole lot this year. Mm-hmm. But they have, but they haven't done a lot of it. Is that an, a risky play in a must-win can, game? Can I ask you this? Because he's a, a tough little Scott. Are we going to hear, if they were to lose, um, are we going to hear that Ryan Gold has been fighting through this, that, and the other thing for most of the well, year? Well, we already know. Because he's, he's, he's seen so many knocks uh, this year yeah. for Gold, seemingly. Yeah, he's I, probably... He's, he's always said, hey, I'm fine, I'm good to go. and all, you know, He's but, got a sore right foot probably still when he got stomped on late in the season. I mean, he, there's been an international window since. I think he's probably good. Um, but I think it's nagging him probably just a little bit. But I, I think he's... No, I think Ryan Gold is is just fine. Um, I think how he how they use Ryan Gold and whether or not he should be brought down a little bit, not as a striker, but as a as a more like a number ten or something. I mean, that's an option. Um, we'll see. You don't want to make too many changes, though. You got here for a reason, and you played well. Don't reinvent the wheel necessarily if you're Vanny. For the first time in franchise history, the Texas Rangers are World Series champions. They beat the Arizona Diamondbacks in five games to take the title. Last night, they moved to Dallas in 1971. So one year after the Canucks came into the NHL, there is hope. <laughs> Took a while, but the Rangers have lifted the trophy. Of course, two straight Texas champions here with the Rangers and the Astros. And, of course, the Astros were vanquished in the ALCS. Arizona runners on base in the 7th and the 8th, but the Rangers got out of it. And that was one of the big stories here. The Rangers had one of the worst bullpens 
in Major League Baseball during the season, but they did enough in the postseason to win. And, of course, they sang, uh, they uh, scored all sorts of runs throughout with that terrific offense that didn't miss Adelise Garcia. Blake, they sang Creed's higher in the postgame celebration. Wow. Wow. Creed's higher was their theme song, everybody. And um, so ends one of the worst baseball postseasons ever. 11 series, one of them went to a deciding game, the ALCS, and it was an absolute blowout. Ratings were down. This was not a particularly compelling October for Major League Baseball. But I do want to dispel unless this. Unless you were in one of the markets, primarily Texas or Phoenix. There, I, again, I do challenge, though, the whole um, the playoffs are too big, not only from the pure ratio standpoints of those that make and those that don't. Like, the Texas Rangers flat out deserve to win the World Series. Oh, God, did like, they ever? Like, oh, there's yes. no shame in the Rangers no. winning the World Series. You no. win 11 straight on the road. Oh, I mean, come on. You're just the best team. Worthy going. and deserving champions. Yes. Now, the team on the other side, did they squeeze in and find a, a loophole? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, they caught lightning in a bottle, Blake, for sure. Arizona wasn't but, that good. Their starting pitching was not World Series worthy. You saw that in game four when they had to go to a bullpen game. But in the end, again, back to our discussion about the Canucks being, you know, striving to be the bridesmaid, you know, that's what happens often to the the Cinderella's in sports. Not many Cinderella's win. Lots of Cinderella's have good runs. It's a Cinderella run. We don't talk about Cinderella titles as much. This was a Cinderella run, and guess what? The best team in baseball probably did win the World Series. Boy, lots of Cinderella on today's show. Yeah. Disney, do you want to sponsor? When you wish upon a star. She went to a Disney-themed concert last weekend at UBC. Yeah. Yeah. Your kids would have loved it. Then I love this from Scott MacArthur, covers the Blue Jays. Texas Rangers, 100-plus losses in 2021, 2023 World Series champions. Baltimore Orioles, 100-plus losses in 2021, 100-plus wins in 2023. Toronto Blue Jays, figuring out this whole talking to one another thing. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That was a big topic of conversation at the Vancouver Canadians event I went to on Monday. So hold on a second. This is Schneider's script that he's executing. The GM comes out the next day and says, first up, I learned when you guys learned. Then the president comes out and says, no, no, I was aware. So is the GM lying to us or was he left out of the communication loop? The players were upset that they didn't know. What we have here is a failure to communicate. All right. You just can't reach. Yeah. yeah, Baseball. We're off into the Shohei Otani offseason here. That will be the huge news. And of course, the team down the I-5 with its great history of Japanese ballplayers, is hoping that they're in the mix for the best player in the sport. Let's get to today's menu. It is brought to you by Greta. If you haven't been to Greta down on West, uh, oh, sorry, on Cordova, it is a fantastic spot to catch the game throughout the season playoffs, place to chill in the offseason, and boy, are there some big games for you to watch. Think of this, everybody. You've got the Lions game 3.30 Saturday. It feeds right into the Canucks and Stars at Rogers Arena Saturday night. And then on Sunday, you got the Whitecaps at 4.30. So, yeah, it is a, especially with what the weather, it is a sports bar kind of weekend. Yeah, it's an inside weekend. Head on down to Greta. It's a fantastic space. 
Well, it's all sorts of uh, yeah, good fun food. arcade. Yeah. yeah. We will speak with Patrick Johnson of the Province and Post Media as we do on Thursdays. Topics include, hey, trades to be made here, trophies they're tracking, Rick Tockett's job, the JT Miller benching. Rob Williams, Rob the Hockey Guy, will join, talk about some of the best starts for the Vancouver Canucks, including their best nine-game start 18 years ago. So talk about bringing Chris Tanef home, perchance, if Calgary is out of it. And uh, the huge weekend at BC Place. I also believe there's a um, recording artist of some note who has announced that she will mm. be playing BC Place as well. I, I, I didn't catch wind of this. My daughters have not tweeted or texted me uh, 962 times today. Hashtags the best and worst of Twitter with a very important message from one of our partners and collaborators here, Natalie Reese of Go Goat Sports, Amar Doman, BC Lions owner on the season that was, and looking forward to this weekend's big playoff game. Happy Hour brought to you by Yellow Dog Brewing Neighborhood Brewing Workshop Spirits, and the weather's getting a little cooler, but we're still pretending we're thriving in the summer. That's summer heat. With workshop spirits, ombre margarita, hi there, hard lemon iced tea, and hi there, our peach iced tea will keep you feeling tropical all year long. End of the workday, treat yourself to a yellow dog neighborhood or workshop spirit. Let's get into it. I don't know if it was malicious, probably not, but I do know it was another WTF moment. My question to ownership would be, was it worth it? And the architect... And I use that term loosely, given there wasn't much architecture, more finger painting with this team. It's like the running of the Bulls in Pamplona. You know someone is going to get hurt. That's what you all need to understand here, right now. Today begins a new era of Sakarison Price and Rinkwide, as Blake, Jeff, Grady, and myself are now part of the Nation Network, a collection of podcasts and websites where we feel great kinship. As grassroots independent media, we've always said we are by the community for the community. And this new partnership allows us to keep doing what we do with collaborators who know the value of community and the ever-changing digital media landscape. So with that, we are announcing a new partnership with the Nation Network and its parent company, Playmaker Capital. Our thanks to Jay Downton for his steadfastness and forging this relationship. The great news here is we're just adding to the family. Our partners, Rob and Natalie Reese, friends and collaborators with Go Goat Sports, remain a key part of our operation working alongside us and the Nation Network. Rob and Natalie deserve infinite credit for helping get our shows up and running back in the spring of 2001. There have been no bigger supporters of the Sports Talk format in Vancouver, and we'd be remiss if we didn't shout them loud and proud. Huge thank you to Rob and Natalie. Look forward to working with you going forward. For the sake of transparency, we want to assure, reassure our valued listeners and followers that Blake and I will continue to lead the editorial operation of Sakarison Price and Rinkwide. Those critical editorial decisions will continue to be made in BC with BC sports fans in mind. We won't be submitting to the editorial whims of Toronto Telecoms. Our new relationship forges a brighter future for Sakarison Price and Rinkwide from both a commercial and content perspective. Playmaker, recently named amongst the most innovative companies by the esteemed report on business, 
is an industry leader with presence across this country and beyond. We're very excited to work more closely with the Nation Network properties, most notably Canucks Conversation and Canucks Army here in B.C. We have watched with delight as David Quadrelli and Chris Faber have built Canucks Conversation into the podcast it is today. We'll miss, well, we'll miss Chris after this week. We're ecstatic to see Harmon Dial announces David's new co-host. David and Harmon are mighty talents, and we look forward to having them on our shows and guesting on theirs. We also need to shout CanucksArmy.com, which does outstanding work, and we're eager to collaborate with their talented fleet of writers, and of course that includes Jeff Patterson as part and parcel of today's announcement. CanucksArmy.com articles. They've been making it into the Securus and Price show really from the outset of their website. So formalizing the relationship, that seemed the natural next step here. Blake, Jeff, Grady, and I remain committed to providing coverage of BC sports scene, and today's announcement will allow us to do it better than ever. We'll be announcing more content plans as the days and weeks roll along here, so look for those. And most of all, thank you for allowing us to continue doing what we love to do. We remain incredibly heartwarmed and charmed that the community rallied around us after the demise of 1040. Your support, your support has meant the world to us. So welcome out for today. Invite your feedback. Feedback channels as follows on email, live at scarisonprice.com. You can text 778-402-9680. On Twitter, I'm at Sikaris, at Sikarison Price. And the welcome out a presentation of Great Clips, your local Great Slip, Great Clips Salon, proudly Canadian-owned and operate. We're super pumped. We have uh, different um, sort of MOs, um, the different shows in this fleet now in Vancouver, but uh, I think the the real winner is going to be the Vancouver Canucks fan yep. uh, who gets a bunch of different flavors in the creamery, if you will. Uh, yep. And uh, and uh, I encourage you to uh, have double <laughs> scoops of all. Yeah, and uh, more announcements are coming here uh, even today. Hmm. No matter what you're buying, folks, when you're out in the world looking for this, that, and the other, I think you want to support businesses that you feel good about supporting. You can feel good about supporting the Applewood Auto Group. Uh, they've made the car business and communities around them a whole lot better with their work in the community. Go and find out why it is indeed all good at Applewood. Visit them online anytime at applewood.ca. Harrison Price from Wall Center presentation, Applewood Auto Group. Folks, it's time to uh, to take a look at joining the electric revolution. Head to one of the Applewood dealerships in the Kia family, or one of the Kia dealerships in the Applewood family. That makes more sense. Applewood Surrey, Applewood Kia Langley, and go check out the Nero EV or the EV6, both in stock right now, and say goodbye to the pumps Forever, it's all good at Applewood. All family, we're expanding families yes, here yes, today. Yes, that's the right. theme on today's show. Our poll question today: Are you okay if the Canucks trade a top pick or prospect for immediate help? Yes or no? You can vote at Secure Some Price on Twitter and YouTube. Joined now by Patrick Johnson, the Province and Post Media, and I got to say, uh, PJ, it was uh, very thoughtful of you to bring <laughs> Jeff Patterson a birthday cake. 
no, no, on Saturday. I, I was on social media. I think it was Quadrelli that brought the birthday cake. Oh, yeah. Was it, wasn't it PJ? How did that go I'm down? I'm sorry. I didn't mean hey, to. Shout out to David for, shout out for David for going across the street to Safeway and picking up the Oscar the Grouch cake. But Oscar the Grouch, wow. Was it an Oscar it was, the Grouch? Funny. I, don't, I think it was unintentionally funny. Yeah. Or intentionally. But, yeah. No, I had mm. sort of texted Dave. Hey, Dave, we should get J-Pat a cake. He goes, yeah, that's a great idea. So he and went it, across the street and picked it up and brought it to the game. Did he give you credit for it? Or did you get any shine? You're not the kind of guy. You're not the you're, you're not the tall poppy, are you? No, it's not no. a big deal. He's a, uh... but yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. But, so here's the thing. Here's so the you thing. have no here's gripe why. with Quadrelli at all. Last year, last year, certain TSN personality and a certain other place personality mm-hmm. who yells a lot looks like me, but mm-hmm. no glasses. Mm-hmm. They combined and got me a birthday cake. It was ah. a very thoughtful gesture at the game, so, but. As you may recall, Mr. Patterson was not attending every game last mm-hmm. year. So I thought about, well, Jeff missed Jeff missed out on my birthday last year. So I thought, well, let's let's mm-hmm. let's make sure we celebrate young Jeffrey. And so there we are. Mm-hmm. And then and Quads yeah. thought it was a great idea. So there we go. You and Dollywell don't look uh, that much alike. Mm-hmm. You said the guy the guy that yells a lot. What you... I think the other yeller. <laughs> oh. And then Quadrelli <laughs> took it. And then Quadrelli took credit for your idea. So, well, uh, isn't that what editors do? It's well, yes. Rob, yes. Daily Hive has Rob stolen any of your thunder? But the quid pro quo is that when you've got to write a tough story or ask a difficult question, you can blame it on the editor. Yes, right. My editor wants you that. Yeah, like I'm sorry to have to call you and ask you about this, but my editor's screaming at me, and this is the assignment today. Alex Edler, does does the rivalry with the Bruins still exist? I'm sorry, but my editor Paul Chapman has asked me to <laughs> available oh, on Twitter. And the sigh, the sigh that you got from Ed, Eddie Eddie oh. the Eagle was just he went. Oh, well, I didn't think he wanted to. No, I don't know. I don't. I don't think he wanted to talk at the best of times, let alone talk about you know, you know, know. Yeah. potential. You uh, oh, he's a nice guy. Well, no, he's a very good guy. And, and frankly, every time we talked to him, he was you know. Smart. I think I had a lot of a. Oh, yeah. It's just I. I didn't feel that he sort of wanted to, but when he did answer the bell, he was usually really good. I think the last time we had him on, like the very last time we had him on, we were like, "Well, we would have done this a lot more if he was like that." No, you know, like, I, and I think the last time we had him on was early in his King's career. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He had. No, I, just, I mm-hmm. yeah, I had a great chat with him and and Troy Stetcher when they finished the season together. What was that two seasons ago? Yeah, yeah. Kings had me down to the hotel. I talked to them, you know, outside. The, yeah. That's their lunch room. One of the great, great Canucks defensemen of all time, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I suspect we're going to see a Ring of Honor announcement with him. By the way, the... we were we were low on the ball. I don't know if you noticed us behind the bench uh, last weekend, but um, Friday. But um, have you noticed that in the Ring of Honor, some guys take up like three panels of the Ring of Honor uh, stuff, and some guys are only a two-panel guy. Well, we've been. This has been part of the discussion about where Luongo's going to go because there isn't really any obvious spot because at some point they're going to have to put three next to each other. So yeah, mm-hmm. or three names next to each other. Like there's gaps, right, but they're right, only yeah. two panel the gaps. gaps are not uniform. Well, the gaps. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if they have Team, to reduce font on some of the I other guys. I was just going to say, is this going to be a font size matter? Yeah, it Did might you, be. 
they have to do all of them? No, it's a couple. A couple of the three panel guys. They need to reduce font. It's not just to drop. I mean, down they'll many. do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I really the hope they're piecemeal, so the 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 signs will be piecemeal. One thing that for me has to remain is they've got to keep Pat Quinn by the Canadian flag. Mm. Uh, do you remember Willie Desjardins when Pat? passed away said i gotta say that every time the anthem plays i look up and i see pat there and it's a hockey canada guy it sort of gives me the mm. goosebumps so mm. the quinn guy has to stay near the canadian flag okay. if you ask me right. you can reorder however else you want decrease font size but you keep pat where he is and, and frankly don't work on don't diminish pat's font size he deserves to be bigger than he's the big he's irish man yes mm-hmm. yeah Agreed. That would be so appropriate. <laughs> His font is just bigger than everybody else's. Uh, future Ring of Honor nominee, JT Miller. Uh, we would like your... <laughs> hot take. We would like... I mean, he's already building a case, is he not? You're not going to retire his number, at least not unless there's a cup. But, you know, at this stage of the game, he qualifies for Ring of Honor. What did you make of the uh, benching, the response, and then the uh, aftermath? I mean, first of all, he's almost got 300 games as a Canuck, and among in that sort of cohort of guys who've played a lot of games for the Canucks, he is one of only three players to be over a point per game over his Canucks career, along with Elias Pettersson and Pavel Bure. Um, I mean, we talked to him yesterday, uh, and it was exactly what should have happened after the game. Like, it was 58 seconds. I we got, we we got what we needed. You know, he was upset, I guess, with himself. It just, the whole thing was just, it shouldn't have lingered. There was no need for it to linger. Just, yeah. He needed to cool down, PJ. He was not yet cool, even after drawing the penalty and scoring the goal in the third period. Hmm. Plus, he didn't want to give you fucking media guys the satisfaction. I guess. Yeah, Mm -hmm. fine. I mean, yeah. In the end, I didn't. Players don't talk. Players are supposed to talk. You know, there, there's a sort of a bigger dialogue, I think, to be had about how all that's happening and how the rules are being enforced and not enforced. Mostly stuff that I think fans don't care about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also, so I'm always careful in discussing these because, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they in, inevitably end up being our challenges. Yeah. Should he have talked after the game? Absolutely. Is there a reason why he probably didn't? Because he didn't want to say something dumb? Sure. But you know what? The game before, they lost on a terrible call by the referee. And everybody talked and everybody played ball like with the rules. Nobody ran after the refs. So, mm-hmm. Well, there's been the edict. Go after course. Rick Tockett? Mm-hmm. So, of course, there was the edict to the coaches. So it was yeah, a yeah. sensitive spot. No, but but we asked like we asked all the players. like we, The players we all talked to. And all of them just, you know, they were mad that they lost. It was obvious they were mad about or why they were mad. But nobody would talk mm-hmm. it, touch it. So you know, I mean, he did, and Miller was one of the guys on Saturday. You mm-hmm. know, here, there's a guy who would be annoyed at the refs. Yeah. So what's he going to do? Rip Rick Tockett? No, he's just going to be like, you know, literally what he did yesterday. I don't. Yeah, it wasn't a big deal. I love, but essentially implying he let his team down. Yeah, and that's it. You're absolutely it right. That hard. Yeah, you're absolutely right about the public. So, They're yeah. always on the player side. For the most part, they yeah. don't care. Although there are times, of course, when they want to hear from him. Uh, but the line is not always drawn. And then in the case of the NHL, I mean, they don't understand marketing or promotion. So until leadership changes there, none of that is going to change and you're going to have your challenges. But anyways, he talked, he addressed it. Um, No big whoop. Move on. We had two questions. You know, so I, I mean, the, the first, the the one first thing, question, just a, sorry, go, go ahead. Well, just the one thing Blake and I were saying yesterday is that if that's that, then so be it. 
And, yeah. and, and the other thing is, you know, all the ways of benching of JT Miller could have gone in this market. That was like perfect. Yeah. That was 100 out of 100 and got as an way. outcome. So if, <laughs> if that's it yeah. and everybody moves on, mm. it's a footnote mm. in what Which, everybody hopes is a yeah. successful season. If somehow it lingers, then you've got to ask yourself yeah. whether JT is a corrosive force in that. Yeah, which and and you know what, and which is what like Jeff tried to kind of give him the out yesterday. Like the first question, Batch asked the first question and said, you know, essentially, <laughs> you know, pointed at the elephant in the room, and JT went, well, you know, it's, it was four minutes. I needed to cool off. You know, the a credit to the guys for killing off the penalty. And then Jeff said, well, you know, and then of course you scored and. and JT wasn't going to walk. He didn't want to walk through that door saying, yeah, I redeemed myself. He was not actually oddly enough going to give himself that credit. He said, yeah, I guess I scored. We won. But the point is we won. Like, and I didn't, you know, I, I, he didn't say it, but he implied again that he had let his team down. So, and that was it. And there was nothing else to say. Yeah. Not done. And I understand why he didn't want to highlight the goal because he probably doesn't want to highlight the me in that part, right? Like he doesn't want to appear in any way selfish, anything that could be, could be um, taken as selfish. And we've heard what he's had to say about the media. So there is a gap there in the understanding. And anyways, yeah, we want him to move on. So let's help him. We'll move on. Yeah. Well, (laughs) Um, this has uh, been a nice start to the season. Everybody's a little excited. Maybe even the cook management, a little excited. By all accounts, they're working the phones. And the question is, you know, when you... When you I, I love how it just takes the, the smallest sliver of success. Light has creeped And in. you can tell the owners there rubbing his hands going, we got to go. Let's go get him. Let's go get that other defenseman. Patrick, yeah, let's go get him. And via the insiders, it's all oh, they're going to be, really, you know, they're trying to make a hockey trade, trying to, you know, salary and salary or, 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 you know, for the most part, not have to peel off anything. But, of course... When you and I go shopping for X, your, your intentions are always to buy. I'm not. I'm not going to buy the expensive one. I'm going to buy like the mid range one. And then you get upsell. You'd be like, but but for only this much more, you can get this. And so I can't help but think that the Canucks are going to be the well. For only this much more, you can get X and peel off this or that. Um, and and then the question is, is that even the right decision with this team playing as well as it is? If it's only going to be a a mediocre trade PG. I don't know. Do you disrupt the chemistry for a maybe a maybe upgrade? <laughs> to me, if you're gonna get a much better defenseman, by all means, but that costs money. I don't mind disrupting the chemistry if you're emphatically getting a better player. But the question is, are they in the market for that kind of a player? Listen, if you're the big boss man at this team, and let's be clear, we know he loves to leak stuff, so it seems like he's the big man in the league. Mm-hmm. Um of course, you're going to start telling people, here's what's happening. We want to make a trade. It's, you know, every year, well, you know, we really, should, you know, GM goes, well, you know, we really need to be patient for the agency. You know, let's go sign someone. It's the same thing. I need and something to sell my season ticket subscribers. We got to get them excited. It, it, it's the, yeah, and it's the, it's a, it's a playbook that ownership's been using for, I don't know how long, but quite a while where they, they think that the way to get fans excited is to do this. And I don't know. I look at the seats. I look at the stands on Saturday. I look at the stands on Tuesday. I look at the stands on Friday. I, it's not, this is, if this is the marketing strategy, this is not the way that, that if, the, if it's a team building strategy, great. If there's an actual, as if there's going to be some smarts, great. Um, 
And and none of this is new. Like the idea that they need another top four defenseman, the idea that they need another winger. I mean, they've been talking about a winger forever. Mm-hmm. The glass group was talking, you know, like it, 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 none of this actually is that new. I don't think it's just that there's, it's tied in with the fact that they've had a really good start. The best start since what? Oh, five, Oh six. Um, which by the way, Oh five, Oh six did not end well. So, you know, starts aren't everything. The listen, Getting points now is really important, and they've gotten some they've gotten some wins uh, so far this season that will stand them in good stead in the long run. We know this from watching the last two seasons. This team has put itself in a good position. It needs to keep doing this because, of course, in two weeks' time is American Thanks or three weeks' time is American Thanksgiving, and seventy five percent of teams in playoff spot at that point are in the playoffs. So, yeah, it, getting ahead of things is also the Jim Rutherford method, like. I wrote the profile of him before the season last year. And one of the things we talked about was in Carolina, oddly enough, in 0506 when they won the Stanley Cup. And he just said everyone was talking about Doug Waite being the guy that people want to get up. And I just got ahead of the game and traded for him in January. Like, like the, he's done this before, picking up a guy um, to, to make your team better. And, and, and I think we know that the Canucks – are in a window again where this is going to, I mean, I don't think they're a Stanley Cup contender, but you could see going into the year that the whole point was to make this team a playoff team. And now they're at, okay, well, looks like we might be a playoff team. So now we need to see if we can do more, which great. Go all in. Is this, you know, is there the, the things they need could make them a really great team, but how do you do that with, what you have are you you know are you really going to train another first rounder uh, is there someone out there that is going to look at Vasily Putkolzin and say okay there's a guy that maybe fits our team better than it fits Vancouver right now that's about all you got what yeah. else do you have to move if you're going after something big it's I mean I mean you can go sun moon and stars if you want and and hey there are it, there's a steel trade out there, probably. I mean, there's there's been steel trades made. Devontae's the most shining example. Yeah. It's just not likely. I mean, you can say that you're after that sort of a deal, but it's just you can say that till you're blue in the place. It doesn't mean it's actually going to happen. So, uh, you know, the only way to make sure that it happens is if you've got something pretty great to dangle in front of another GM. So, yeah. um, the question is whether or not they should or will want to to make that decision and. Um, and then is there any way you can argue it as a yes? I suppose the term and value of the contract is is a matter. I mean, for a rental, I think you can argue that absolutely not. But if it's a guy that has term left, PJ, can you make the argument that it's worthwhile to make a trade like that, even if it costs them one of the top prospects or picks? I mean, in theory, that's part of it's, – it's a weird case to make, but in theory, that's part of why they traded for, for Hronek last year. They're like, well, he's under contract for next year. We know what he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you know, making this, de- you know, making any kind of deal like this means you're, you got to get out from under Garland or Bobillier or both or to Myers right. or, you know, the list goes on. Like there's a lot of, it's not like the Canucks have ideal parts to move out. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's why the, uh, that's why the uh, Elliot's wording, they don't want to add sweeteners. Well, you do have to move salary so you know would you consider like would you consider connor garland and jonathan lakaramaki for a top four right shot defenseman and maybe you have to even go beyond that is that a hockey trade i guess that's a hockey trade yeah right not i think you could argue that sure 
but but yeah, let's, the idea of the sweetener. I mean, of course you're not going to have the sweetener. Of course, what else are you? Gonna, yeah. Oh, by the way, we'll give half the farm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. No. So you're you're trying to make a hockey trade where you're moving out salary to be able to add whoever. Well, the Karamaki is the with a in significant that piece, yeah. right? Future piece yeah. Yeah. As, as the uh, as the give yeah. back. Rick Talkett. Yeah. Rick Talkett. Has he put a foot wrong this year? No. No. I I, no. I think it's almost been perfect. Yeah. I, I was really taken job. by I wrote a thing about Miller yesterday. It's up right now at theprovince.com. Uh Miller uh talking about or it was that what Rick said after the or no, he said yesterday. He talked about he was sort of asked about the idea that some coaches will say when you're winning, that's when you have to be really hard on the guys. And Rick said no, like you got to pay attention to where they're at. You have to have an understanding of your player. Like he's a very emotional intelligence. Like this is a guy that, yeah. you know, it, hockey coaches never not, seem to have actually gone it. anywhere Honestly. to learn this stuff. They <laughs> just know it. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but this is Rick is a, I've said this before. I, I'm really interested. I really like talking to him. He's really, he has a very interesting, he's a very interesting speaker. He thinks, I think at a very high level, um again you know the the, you've got to see if it matters i mean his teams in arizona uh, i touched on this last week his teams in arizona were were super competent they just didn't have any talent his most talented consistent forward was old phil kessel um i keep on wanting to paint him i keep on wanting to paint him with an an old school brush and yet then he surprises he's not his new school right he's not at all he looks old school he sounds old school that's the thing you know, he was but, an old school player, yes, right? Like yes, he's exactly. an old school player, but yeah. but he clearly understands how the game works. You know, Kuz wrote that great profile of, of him before the season, talked to Craig Berube, talked to talking about Craig Berube, you know, they were old roommates. And you know, he said the biggest thing I learned from Berube is you have to get them to understand what help players understand what they're doing. And it was just teacher stuff again, really? like I was just like mm-hmm. student-centered stuff. Like, what are we doing here? How are we involved? You know, he said yesterday, listen, I could have yelled and screamed. We were terrible on Tuesday, we still won. I can't ignore that we won. Like if, if you get screamed at, you guys played like crap. The players at some point would be like, but we keep winning. Mm-hmm. So what is it? So he said, you know, I, we didn't really talk about the game. Each of the coaches, we took a few players. We said, here's the thing I want to talk about. The thing you did well and thing you didn't need to do better at. And mm-hmm. like that's smart stuff because in the end, the players understand what the overall picture is and you keep talking about the systems. And so they just they just inherently become as he calls it, they're just doing the staples just as part of their nature. And, mm-hmm. and um, you have to pick your spots consistent. as a coach too, as to when you want to yeah. end the angry yeah. bullets. Right. So, well, well that's it. Yeah. yeah. And there's only, you only have so long to say, say a certain amount of things to your team, especially yeah. if you're not, especially if you're in the middle, like, you know, obviously losing teams, the coach goes first. Um, but when you're sort of in the middle and, and the, let's be clear, I mean, the Canucks are saying, how about the realistically, the Canucks are still a middle of the pack team. Um, yeah, you, you can't be hammering on your guys every night. You have to have some perspective. You have to have a long view on all this. It's a long season. And and as he said himself yesterday, he said, you know, you you're, the players are going to tune, tune, tune you out inevitably at some point. Like, there's only so many things you can ever say with a certain group of players. You're amazing. I love our conversations. <laughs> Thank you for this. Happy Look to be here. next Thursday already. All right, guys.
Sick Harrison Price from Wall Center. Presentation, Applewood Auto Group. Hashtags the best and worst at Twitter.com. Brought to you by Jason Hominick. Jason.Mortgage. If you have a great rate on your mortgage but still need equity out of your house, Jason has a solution where you keep your great rate and you access that equity without touching your existing mortgage. Your mortgage is up in the next six months. Now's the time to find out and reach out to Jason. Find him at Jason. Mortgage. I don't often do birthdays. Well, we're not doing birthdays first because we oh. have a oh. big announcement. Oh, you're going to go there? Okay, yeah, right. sure. Yeah, by all means. As we uh, mentioned off the top of the show, it's a big day for us here. It's mm-hmm. Harrison Price and Rinkwide, uh, as well as with our ongoing partner, Go Goat Sports. At Go Goat Sports, this is from the desk of President Natalie Reese. Oh. Go Goat Sports has always been about the continued growth of a platform that supports local and community-based sports coverage. When the opportunity for the Sakarison Price Show and Rinkwide Vancouver to partner with the Nation Network came up, it was a natural next step in that process. We are excited to continue to work with both shows as well as with the Nation Network team and are thrilled to participate in this partnership as it continues to grow local and independent sports coverage in British Columbia. And as we mentioned uh, in the welcome mat there, there have been no bigger supporters of us and of the Sports Talk format in this community than Rob and Natalie Reese. So we're thrilled that they are part of this collaboration going Just forward. Just a bigger, happier family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very exciting. Birthdays? Uh, yeah. something yeah. about birthdays? Yes. Uh, not to go John McKeechee here, but um, uh, hey, no problem going John McKeechee. At Canucks, join us in wishing Philip Peronik a happy birthday. Uh, the reason I bring this up is that's, that was my gateway to the other high-profile birthdays today. It's Adam Hadwin's birthday. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Adam. It's Alfonso Davies' birthday. Former mm-hmm. Vancouver Whitecap, wow. Canadian men's national team star. So All the great athletes. So we're covering a lot of sports. Mm-hmm. We're covering some of the best this country has ever produced. Um, happy birthday to all here on this November the second. What uh, what's the astrological sign there? Uh, Scorpio. Are we into Scorpio yet? I don't know. Mm. Scorpio then Sagittarius. That's me later on. But uh, oh right. Yeah. yeah. Are you it. coming up on a big birthday or is nope. it? No, it's a year away. At Sportsnet, Connor Zary gets his first NHL goal. The former Kamloops Blazer scores on the first shot of his NHL career. Alas. What? That's not bad. Not bad. And at the moment, I'm sure there were Flames fans, not going to name names, but T-Mart, who were going, yes, the rookie first rounder has arrived. He'll be the catalyst towards this turnaround from the Flambeis. Somebody on Twitter was saying that he was the best forward on the ice for the Flames last mm-hmm. night. It's not a high bar these days. <laughs> yeah, no. he was dangling. I saw a couple of highlights. They lose 4-3 to Dallas. They have now lost six in a row. They are eight points back at the Vancouver Canucks in the standings. And as we mentioned earlier in the week, the Eric Francis report that they have now paused all extension negotiations with free agents to be like Elias Lindholm. And Noah Hannafin. Yeah. And perhaps even Chris Tanoff. We don't know if they were talking extension. They're in, they're in a world of hurt. At Alex Gangay-Ruzic, first senior team start for 18-year-old Luke de Fugerol with uh, ah. Fulham today as he starts the EFL 
Cup action against Ipswich. Great to see the Canadian defender as he is someone to keep an eye on from a Canadian men's national team perspective. So it's Cup action. Um, it's you know, but it is the senior team. It is the first team, despite the asterisk there um, that it's not league play. But we've been wondering, like Canada needs defenders to to be a player on the world scene. You've got an 18 year old starting, not just playing, starting. Yeah. For Fulham, that's well, a great well start. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. At ESPN Greeny, Mike Greenberg of ESPN. And if you're not familiar, effectively, ESPN in the early days was built on the back of college basketball. And at the time, there was no bigger figure in the sport than Indiana head coach Bob Knight. Greeny, Bob Knight was everything you thought he was, brilliant and demanding, cantankerous and a huge heart. Irreverent and very funny. He was also inarguably on the short list of greatest coaches in the history of American sports. Rest in peace, coach. You will never be forgotten. Three national championships at Indiana, despite the fact he was not an NBA factory. Isaiah Thomas was the only NBA all-star he ever coached. Won the 1984 Olympic gold medal back when amateurs played in the Olympics. And famously, with that team, called Michael Jordan the greatest player he's ever seen before he played an NBA game. He may have been the smartest mind in the history of basketball. There are legendary stories about how he could be a full court away, stop practice and say, hey, son, if you just turn your left foot a quarter turn to the left, you're going to be able to face, you're going to be able to force that guy to dribble this way. And then that's where a trap will get him. Like he was that precise, precise, detailed, intelligent about the game, unfortunately. Oh, I mean, <laughs> he also. I, I, I was texting. I was texting with our friend Barry McDonald last night because you know Barry's a big hoops fan and, and college basketball fan back in this era, and we were talking. And I said, "Look, there may not be a greater dichotomy between despicable human being and incredible leader of men." Because he was both those he things. He was he was very very complex. Oh, very complex. Was he ever? And you can see it in some of the viral videos that are going out <laughs> in the last twenty four hours. Um, where he just escalates so quickly, so calm, cool, measured, and seemingly very nice, right. to absolutely blistery, all within the same sentence, like not because of a question, like the, the one in the locker room. He's doing the quote unquote coaches show for Indiana. Yes, and he, like he's giving a measured response. It's thoughtful, and then again with no further questioning. There's not another no. peep. He's just the only one speaking. Well, Blake, because he's thinking about it, and he just can't get over no. the fact that they were that bad in the last game. And, <laughs> and then he the slams, slams and, the mic down and leaves. And he told many interviewer, and the odd thing about him was as much as he had contempt for just about everyone who wasn't you know, purely about basketball and on his level, he forged all sorts of great friendships with media folk over the years and told them often, look, what you see is calculated. Like when I go off, when I throw a chair across the court and get ejected, that's calculated. Yeah. I'm letting my team and the officials know I need a response. So I spent an hour or so last night reading stories about him and watching some of the videos. I went down the rabbit hole too. Oh my goodness. Uh, And because the other thing here, Blake, is like an educator par excellence. The guy was all about education. And I was telling Carmen about him. And I said, look, if you played for Bob Knight, you won. You got better as a basketball player. And you got equipped for success at life because all his players graduated and many went off to incredible careers outside of the sport. 
And I said, you know, you, you would be richer for the experience, but you would not want your child to go through the same experience. He was also quoted as saying he doesn't watch the NBA. He said, if I was given a choice between frogs, going to watch frogs, <laughs> said if the or NBA, an NBA game. If the NBA was on Channel 4 and frogs mating was on Channel 5, I'd watch the frogs even if they were blurry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even if it was bad reception, yeah. Coming in fuzzy was his words. Coming in fuzzy. That's right. Um, I've got one to finish on. If you get another please, one. Please, please. This uh, follows. Uh, we've been keeping you up to date on this file for a number of years. We Be- should mention, Knight passed away at age 83 yes, yesterday. We didn't actually get to the news there. Uh, we've been following this story for a long, long time. And it turns out Alberta has more than just the flames and Oilers starts to worry about at CTV News. Well... <laughs> Rats. Don't tell me. No. A no. A pair of Calgary recycling plants are battling rodent infestations. Oh, my God. The province that has, since 1950, claimed claimed no rats in the province now admits, okay, there's a few rats in the province. And they are doing oh. their best to eradicate. They've had uh, incursions before. There's a, a famous blah, blah, blah landfill that took two years to eradicate. Are they suggesting, Matt, that when they have these infestations, that the rats know the border of the property <sighs> and don't just venture off into a stream somewhere uh, and yeah. populate other spots in this, the province? Uh, this will be a uh, pressing matter for Premier Is Smith. the going so good at the Cascades uh, recycling plant that the rats are like, I got no reason to venture off beyond mm-hmm. the walls of this building? Yeah, maybe. I would think that that seems wishful thinking. If you're a rat, I would think a recycling plan is the jackpot. It probably is. But maybe one wants to go get a breath of fresh air. Check out that waterway next door. But here's the, if they're at the recycling plant, how are they not at the dump? Well, they, they admittedly have had a few dump infestations, but they've quote unquote dealt yeah, well, with it. Well, there you go. The rats talk and you're like, you know, security at the dump is pretty good. Yeah. That's Let's find get a, a recycling plan. Cover at the recycling Anyway, plant. our thoughts and prayers are. Uh, or with Alberta. And T-Mart. That's hashtags for today. <laughs> Joined now by the owner of the BC Lions in advance of the big playoff game on Saturday against Calgary. Pleased to welcome back to Sakaris and Price, Mr. Amar Doman. How we doing? Hey, doing great, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome. Amar, does it ever get old? Owning the team, like, is it routine yet and everything that goes into preparing for a BC Lions game on a weekend? I'll tell you what, what's not routine is the uh, the ups and downs you feel, uh, you know, it's amazing how uh, passionate uh, you become when you're in an ownership situation, something that I'm not used to um, for a sports team, obviously. So the ups and downs are, are amazing, but it, it really matters because if you don't feel that, you shouldn't own a sports team, I think. If this is something you just put on the shelf or don't really look at, uh, trophy asset. Um, no, uh, it's it's been great. It's not getting old at all. In, in fact, it's getting more and more fun. Look, here we are in the Western semis again. This is good stuff. Great for BC and uh, the football team's playing well. And I expect we're going to play really well Saturday. It's good motivation for you to keep the team competitive, right? Because you'll need your two, you know, at least bi-weekly cortisol shot from a, from a win, right? So you have to keep the team competitive on the field. And, and this team has been giving you a lot of cortisol shots over the last couple of years. 
uh, a playoff win would be even more so. Uh, talk about what it means, not only for the, the guys on the field, that, that perhaps is obvious. What does it mean for the organization right now to, to go on a bit of a run, get to the West Final, have some momentum in the playoffs? Yeah, you know, I think it means everything. You know, the way we finished up last year in Winnipeg, uh, just short, I think if we had another minute, you know, could have, should have, would have, all that. You shouldn't have to come down to that in a game. But, it, you know, we were driving there at the end and we were close and we couldn't hear. And, you know, there were some issues there. And I think the team, most of the team is intact from, from last year, uh, certainly wants to redeem themselves. So first uh, order of business is to get through Calgary. I think it'll mean a ton emotionally to go back into Winnipeg if that happens and see if we can finish some business there and, and try to get into the big dance. So I like where we're positioned. It just feels good that we're in the tournament. And, you know, we've had two 12 and six seasons, and I like where we're building, and we're still a young team. 12 and six, second place in the West again. How did you feel about the season, including the community response? You know, the community response has been first class. Uh, we continue to invest in the team and the club, and people are showing up, and it's fun to go to a game. So uh, it's it's great getting all the response. I get a lot of messages from fans, and letters are coming to me, and I'm saying, hey, thank the organization for what they're doing. We've got a great team led by Dwayne. Uh, obviously, our coaching staff and everything is, you know, that's the football ops side. They're doing great as well. But certainly the feeling when you look at the BC Lions is much different than it was a few years ago. And, and certainly um, in amateur football, all the things we're doing outside of it, it's starting to galvanize where we're getting regular customers. We've doubled our season's tickets, which is great. Um, you know, that already is a big endorsement for us in our first two years of ownership. Well, I was going to ask him, Mark, because, you know, for those of us who have covered the CFL for uh, 20 years plus, you see new owners come in. They make a lot of investment in the team, and then at some point later you wonder, okay, how's the financial performance of the club? Two years in, how is the financial performance of the club? What kind of business are the BC Lions these days? You know, it's a good business, and of course we've got, uh, you know, I'm holding ticket prices back. We're, we're keeping everything affordable. That's just something I'll personally subsidize on the ticket side. I want everyone to come in and this be a good BC community asset where, again, people don't have to break the bank to come in and enjoy themselves. So uh, that side of things, I'm holding ticket prices uh, pretty much where they've been since we took over. But really, if you look back to where we came from, um, you know, when we took over, it was pretty dark days here. And there's a generation of fans lost. Now, when you come to the game and you guys have been to a few and you come Saturday, you'll see how many kids are there and they're wearing gear, they're into it and they're following CFL, which is, again, such an easy league to follow. Um, and it's just re-galvanizing this fan base out here in the West and it's working. So I'm saying I'm pleased financially and I'm very, very pleased, more importantly, with the attendance and the vibe the BC Lions have here in Vancouver. Take me back to the beginning of the year, Amar, because, you know, we waited so long for the unicorn, as Blake called it, the Canadian quarterback who took us out of our seats. You lose him to the NFL. Yeah. You know you've got a pretty good CFL quarterback in Vernon Adams, but, of course, there's only one Nathan Rourke. Where was your mindset in terms of this club, its ability to entertain, minus Nathan, and then how it played out after right. 18 games? You know, 100%, I've got to give credit to, you know, obviously Neil and, and the group that's recruiting these players, like getting VA at the right time. You know, this could have been a bit of a disaster if we didn't have the right quarterback at the helm. And, you know, VA's, you know, seasoned in the CFL. He understands the rules and everything. So he's picked up very nicely. In fact, you know, he had six games last year, went four and two. Uh, you know, Nathan was doing really well. But certainly we've had to just look forward. And, and you know, Nathan's, you know, we wish him the best uh, down in the States. And, and he's a great, great person. So that's all good. But here we are. Uh, we got to run our business up here. And, you know, I'll tell you that Vernon's come in to a very tough situation. He's handled it very well. His teammates are really with him 
And I will tell you that it's a galvanized locker room. And that's very important. And these guys are, you know, they're as emotional as I am. You can see the highs and lows from this team. These guys care about what they're doing, and it's tough to get a team to care together. We've got that. So I really like what's going on under VA's leadership and, of course, everyone else in the organization. You guys have got a ton of Canadians on your team right now. Um, does that make you extra proud, the fact that you're, you you happen to be employing and not employing in in faraway reaches of the roster? Where prominent Canadians are playing roles on your on your team. Um, what does that mean to you as a, as a guy north of the border? Well, of course, that's fantastic. And you know what I like about that as well is there's sort of a ring of fan base around those players that follow them as well. And that spreads more good CFL word, which we need. Uh, we're out beating the drum here pretty hard. But, you know, when you've got Matthew Betts coming in from Laval and, you know, you've got Couture out here as a local guy, th- these are special stories. And that resonates with the fan base, which I really like. And, of course, uh, you know, you see some of the, the, the records that, uh, you know, these guys are or awards that these guys are up for. We've got some superstars on this team. Uh, but more importantly, these guys don't seem to care about that. They are focused on the matter and, and the business at hand, which is, Let's win games. And they like the awards and the accolades, but there are some special individuals here on this club that we haven't seen in BC in a while come together like we have. So it's exciting. Do, do you feel like the the brand has got some momentum? Like when you're, are you getting reports from the sales folks that like, you know, people want to attach their name to, to the BC Lions? There's no question about that. Our, our merch sales are through the roof. And when you go in there, you can see it. You know, it's obviously in all of sort of North America football, it's cool to wear gear, most sports now today, and you see it now in the dome. So we're very happy with what we're doing and we're making slight changes to some of the graphics and modernizing. So give us a little bit more time. We're gonna clean up uh, a little bit more and get sharper and sharper and really engage that youthful fan base that we've got. Um, and it's come along real nice. Hey, if you keep making sharp sweaters like the one you're wearing tomorrow, I imagine, yes, merch will be selling out at the team store. Um, well, I appreciate the, that. The other thing, uh, when Blake talks about CanCon, and we talked about it with Coach Campbell the other day, that they've been so prominent. But, you know, like you've got Couture from Coquitlam. you got Lacombo from Abbotsford. You've got Hladek from Vernon and you guys have invested in making sure people from the island and people from the interior to, can get to BC Play Stadium and back on game days. How important was the branching out, and uh, how much do you think? Uh, how much do you think you're resonating in different parts of the province right now compared to when you you're, took? You're over? not the Vancouver Lions. You're the BC yeah, Lions. Bob Adams used to always say, "We're a provincial team. Yeah. We got to go out and touch the province." Yeah, we're going to continue to do that and invest in those activities to bring people in. It's going really well. We're also introducing a bus service now from the Fraser Valley as well because the the timing of these games and obviously if guys want to have a, you know, a few beers and whatever, let's drive you there and drive you back. And that's on our dime. We're happy to do it. Just come in and have a good time and get loud. So when we got the whole province coming in and we're trying to make it as easy as possible. The game time starts. This 3.30 on a Saturday, I personally really like as well. You still have your evening. It's a Saturday. We're not competing with the NFL on a Sunday and making people make different choices. Saturdays are good for playoffs, and I think this is wonderful. And again, getting people to come in from all over the province. This is our second year doing it. We'll do it next year, the year after. We will carry on with that strategy of making sure that it is the BC Lions. And hey, just hop on the bus. Come on in. We got you. She mentioned White Rock, Sean White. Sean would get very upset oh, with totally. us if we didn't yeah. mention White Rock, Sean White. Uh, right. you, you've opened the upper bowl. Uh, what are you anticipating attendance-wise attendance on Saturday? 
just as many as possible. I'm just inviting the whole province to say, look, if you can come down, bring three or four friends, come in and experience this. It's the last game of the year at home, no matter what happens, win or lose. Come in and see what's going on here and bring someone that hasn't been in in a while or just hasn't experienced the CFL. Come on in and see how cool this game is. And I just invite you to come have a look. So I think we're going to have a busy Upper Bowl. Um, let's let's see how you know it builds. I think the lower is going to sell out pretty quick here. And that means noise. So we're going to be very excited to, uh, to be loud and proud for the Lions on Saturday afternoon. Lastly, for me, Amar, and I, I, I know you can't, certainly the players and coaches can't look past Saturday, but if it did happen to be another West Final against Winnipeg, given the history of last year, given the games you've played this year, as a CFL fan, I must say, that's a narrative and that's a storyline I can get behind, BC and Winnipeg and a multi-year rivalry. Yeah, that uh, if that lines up, we don't want to look past Calgary, uh, of course. But if uh, we we head up uh, heading heading east over to Winnipeg again for that game, that is going to be a battle. You know, we took care of them thirty to six. I think it was week three uh, this year in Winnipeg. We can do this job. Uh, we almost had them here. That was a funny ending. It would be crazy, but I think also this Calgary game. Uh, there's, you know, I hope everybody keeps their emotions in check on the field because there's. Uh, there, you speak of the word rivalry. There's some stuff going on there we all know about that these teams uh, really want to beat each other. This is going to be a heck of a game here. And then, of course, the winner will go to Winnipeg. Hope it's us. And if so, that will be an insane game uh, on the 11th. Is there something we don't know about with Calgary, Amara? Are you getting feedback uh, about things that are being uh, done or said uh, on the field against the Stamps? I think just hearing that you know the coaching staffs are really trying to make sure the players play football. Uh, and nothing else, and don't get chippy, um, because that last game, there was a lot of, uh, obviously, penalties and, and uh, personal fouls. That happened that time in Calgary again. There was, you know, stuff going on after the game. So uh, just hoping everybody plays a good, clean football game and, and avoids that other stuff. I think the coaching staff is focused on that. Marvelous stuff. Amar, thank you for the time. Best of luck on Saturday. Guys, thanks again. Go Lions. Joined now as we are on Thursdays by Rob Williams. Rob, the hockey guy, the national sports editor of the Daily Hive, and it's Offside Sports Vertical. And Rob, 18 years, 18 years since the Canucks were this good in the season's first month. David Quadrelli and uh, Harmon Dale were five years old, I believe. Uh, the last time the Vancouver Canucks started with a record uh, better than this one. Uh, you could you barely know. have a quote-unquote connects convo with them at that point. They would, <laughs> that's they, right, they that's right. Just mastering the so, language. So we shouldn't have them on to reminisce about the 0506 Canucks is what you're saying. I feel like Quadrelli probably could tell you something about Alex Ald's uh, positioning or something. But uh, That's right. That was the yeah. Alex Ald year, right? Yeah. He won oh team gosh. MVP. Yeah. Well, you know, um, you know what? The start was under Cloutier, and then Cloutier got hurt, and then, and then I think all of their – their top 3D got hurt, and they ended up missing the playoffs. So hopefully this season doesn't follow that blueprint. Uh, but yeah, guys, it's been a long time, and I think people are very surprised to hear like that that those 2010-2011 teams, remember Luongo always had the slow Octobers. None of those, those, those great teams that we watched uh, back then had a start like this. 6-2-1, uh, I think there's a lot of reason to be excited, but I think everyone's still kind of wondering, like, is this team, is this for real? Like, is this mm-hmm. going to continue? And, and you know, I think there's a lot of great signs. Rick Tockett, I think, has has everyone buying in and their stars, star players are playing great. Um, you know, there's that big question mark on defense, though, still. And, and that's, I think, 
the biggest threat to to their season uh, at the moment. Yeah, so small sample size so far. We'll, we'll we'll see what the sample size looks like at American Thanksgiving and at the end of the month. But um, you've already got a, and there's so much talk of a scuttlebutt out there about the Canucks looking to bolster this team already, reward the player group, add a missing piece. And uh, you've got a, a former Canuck in your crosshairs on that one. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know, the question is, okay, are they going to add? Look, it sounds like they're they're trying to add uh, a player to this to this roster. You know, they're gonna whatever they do, they're gonna have to clear cap space. And then there's also the question: Okay, what can they give up? So, to me, you're you're not going to be. I, I, to me, they're not in a position to be trading away first round picks or anything, any of that crazy talk. Maybe they maybe they'll consider it, but I don't know if that that's the the solution. To me, the guy that seems to be the perfect fit for them is Chris Tanev. You know he can play with Quinn Hughes. Uh, you know he's a right shot D, kills penalties, can move the puck, like can play with anyone, right? Now he's he's thirty four now. You know, just looking at the numbers, did not you know not, like a lot of guys on Calgary not having an amazing start to the season. Maybe that means you get him a little cheaper than you would have a, a one year ago. Um, if you're the Calgary Flames, I don't think they're. You know, the, the way their season is going, unless they turn things around dramatically, I don't see Tanev as a guy that they should be re-upping. They're already deep on the right side. Uh, so to me, why not kind of right or wrong, right? Like the, he was kind of, of all those guys that they, they let go in that uh, in 2020, I think Tanev is really the, the one that got away. Uh, you know, the, he's been exactly the type of player they've been missing uh, for the last four years. He's got a, a modified no-trade clause, but... Uh, you know, you'd have to imagine with a new management group here, one that he maybe didn't, uh, you know, I don't know if he felt insulted when he left. You know, there was the reports that he that he didn't receive a contract offer, but there's a new management group in place here and, and it's a city that he's uh, familiar with. The problem is, of course, it's a, it's a trade with Calgary who would want to win the trade. They need to log some wins right now somewhere because they're not doing it in the standing. So that... That poses the difficulty there. And it's all coming from, I think, the management group wanting to surf this wave of optimism and continue to bolster uh, the mood in the room, too, that's probably pretty good because they're winning for the first time. But how about the mood in the stand? Like, Do you feel like there's an event-like atmosphere back at Rogers Arena on a, on the nightly? You're there. I mean, I, I, anecdotally... Nobody's giving away tickets like they were the last few years here, Rob. So, you know, what have what has been the result here? Do you think for the Canucks organization? Well, I mean, there I, I've seen it looked like there were some people dressed up as uh, maroon seats at Rogers Arena. So there were, there are a few, there are a few mm-hmm. empty seats. So it's not like the people are banging the doors down to get in. But there's always there's typically a bit of a delay with team success and and then having the uh, the fans follow. So I, I don't think that that's unusual. Uh, they, they did another student night. 100%, 100% yeah. raw, uh, right, Rob. And you see them advertising individual games. I think what's happened here is those who have Canucks season tickets are getting more and more requests from people to go to games. I'm not necessarily sure those who don't are rushing out to buy. Them. That's step yeah. two. Just that's step yeah. two yeah, in that's, the process. That, that's yeah. the next signal that but, we're looking for. But guys, like this market is starved for a winner with the Canucks. I mean, the, I have no doubt in my mind that the fan base is beginning to get excited about this team, about 
just having a team that's that's in the mix. I mean, hey guys, we're here. Meaningful games in November. We've done it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like this, you know this this fan base is absolutely starved to see a team, uh, you know, get to an. I don't know about the what the next level is, but to another level, like a team that they can watch and be emotionally invested in, and just and just see them compete and have a team that they like watching. And I think right now the this team is they're doing you know the Canucks are holding up their end of the bargain. So absolutely, as the you know the more that they can continue this run, the more and more excited the fan base is going to be with uh, with with the Vancouver Canucks, and I'm sure they'll be showing up to Rogers Arena with even more and more excitement. But yeah, to answer your question, Blake, like yeah, I, I feel like there's definitely more buzz in the building uh, right now than than on many moments last year. I mean, remember last year, like they didn't even get through game one uh, at home. Yes, with, you know, without without the fan base basically revolting, like it was like we've never seen anything like that before. So well, there was a lot, there there was a lot of revolting. There was hey, a lot hey, of revolting. And I will say, <laughs> we can report. The buzz down there in row one behind the visitors' bench oh, yeah. is real. <laughs> Scintillating. The buzz in the Piero Manetta row is for sure. It is up there. It is acute. Do you guys I don't, felt like I didn't hear if you guys did you guys have anything to report from like the behind the bench? This is like I didn't see any like tweets from you guys like offering like what the what the game plan was from the opposing coach. Yeah, that was the thing. You would think you would be able to hear them. But it's that's really thick glass. Yeah. yeah, no, you can't hear anything. And it's sealed. It's fully cocked in between the panes, so you can't hear anything. Yeah, you it's, know what? That, that was the COVID edition, right? The COVID edition to the glass. So there's right. glass all the way around the tunnel now. Yeah. Um, you could hear Barube a little bit when he called the timeout and reamed them out. And I heard him one other time yell at Cairo to shoot the puck. But like Steve Ott, their assistant coach, was right in front of us talking to Barube all night. Couldn't was, hear a damn thing. It was a mime, mime so, work, But, yeah. of course, part of that was the buzz of the crowd, the pitch, the fever. It's back. Speaking it's of the back. appetite for winning, though, isn't BC Place an, an example of that right now, Rob, with those two teams forcing the opening of the upper deck for their playoff games? I mean, um, that's unprecedented stuff. I'm so excited about it. I mean, I just love to see the, the Whitecaps and, and the Lions thriving. And, and looks like the Whitecaps are now over. They gave a attendance update. They're over 24,000 seats sold. Um, so that's like really exciting stuff. You know, still a few days out from from the match. Uh, I'm going to be I'm going to be at all three games this weekend, guys. I'm going I'm going Lions across the street, the Canucks, and then I'm going Whitecaps the next day. So wow. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's great stuff. Like, to, you know, <laughs> how many losing teams that we had to endure in this city that people were just so checked out on and, uh, you know, now having, you know, three teams all winning kind of at the same time. Like I, I'm, I'm sort of like cross my fingers as I, as I say this about, about Vancouver sports teams, cause you're just always, you know, conditioned, uh, for something to go wrong, but you know. Uh, you know the the Lions and Whitecaps have had two really good seasons, and uh, it's nice to see the the fan base uh, respond to that and and get excited for for playoff games. I know that you know CFL playoffs and MLS playoffs. Like every time that I've been to them in the past, like there's a there really is an uptick in 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 buzz and excitement in the crowd, and it's it's uh, 
And and the 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 great thing about those about those two teams is they don't jack the ticket prices that way up for the no. playoffs. So it's always a, I always say to people, I'm like, it's really good bang for your buck to to go to a totally. playoff, absolutely playoff game for the uh, Whitecaps and and Lions. I, the Lions have done uh, under Dome and they've done incredible work in terms of setting ticket prices at affordable uh, that are affordable because I think that is one of the other things that's holding the Canucks back right now is that the cost of living in this economy is just very very difficult for a lot of families. One more BC place question. Uh, Taylor Swift, you think she'll open the upper deck? <laughs> I'm getting word this morning she's going to open up the upper deck. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah breaking news. news. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Only for one of the three, maybe, though. There's three concerts. Yeah, uh, I, I would suggest not dawdling on those tickets. If you want to go, I think you uh, need to be... Can, uh, we, can we get like $5 margaritas and $5 beers <laughs> in the, on the Terry Fox Plaza? Party on the plaza? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. yeah, I think that'll probably happen. Lastly, Rob, and we were looking at this ourselves, Elias Pettersson, if you project the sort of season, maybe not that Pettersson is on pace for right now, because that's like 140, and that's probably a little rich. But if you project a season for Pettersson, like he had last year, he could be in the top 10 all-time Canucks scorers by the end of the season. It is truly incredible how many people he could pass this yeah, season. I mean, he's already passed Cliff Ronning on the all-time list. He's into 20th place uh, in, in all-time Canucks scoring now. And like, there's you look at the list of guys ahead of him, Patrick Sundstrom, Greg Adams, Petri Skrico, Alex Burrows. I mean, Alex Burroughs played 822 games. Pedersen could pass him playing half as many games. Uh, guys like Andre Boudria, Brendan Morrison, Ryan Kessler. Uh, you know, he could pass, and it's not with, out of the realm of possibility, he could pass Bo Horvat uh, this season and be into the uh, and be into the top 10 in scoring. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of guys, um, you know, that, are, that have played a lot of games and scored a lot of points that uh, Pedersen's really just getting ready. To, I think he's he's going to be passing a lot of them, you know, unless something unforeseen happens. Uh, you know, he's quickly, quickly climbing that list. Well, credit he is at He is precisely 81 points behind Bo Horvat right now. Yeah. So if he were to go 81 from here, he'd be in that tie for 10th with Bo. Credit Lord Humongous on Canucks Twitter yesterday pointing out six Canucks players in history have had 60 assist seasons. And one of them was 50 years ago in Andre mm-hmm. Boudreau. The other two are in the Hall of Fame. Right. And then the three remaining are all on this team now. Right. I mean, there is yep. there is some high, high-end skill that could demolish a lot of the, the Canuck records of, mm-hmm. of yesteryear. Yep. And, of course, uh, Quinn Hughes is ready to just absolutely blow every defensive yes. record oh, out of the for water. Sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Lower for sure. bar there, but, man, yeah. I mean, Hughes is just uh, going to just destroy all of those. That's why I highlighted Pedersen just because I feel like the Hughes one is just – I think people are just, like, resigned to, to mm-hmm. know that he's just going to absolutely hold every defenseman record. Rob, fun stuff this week. Thanks for this. Uh, get your Taylor Swift ticket plan in order, and we'll catch up next Thursday. <laughs> Sounds great. In order, the players that Pedersen is looking to surpass on all-time Canucks scoring. Sundstrom, Adams, Grieco, Burroughs, Boudria, Morrison, Kessler, Lever, Edler, Horvat. It's probably too big an ass to get to Bertuzzi because Bertuzzi is 29 points better than Horvat. And that would be 110 points from here. Which there's, is, a, there's a reason enough to extend them.
Harrison Price from Wall Center presentation, Applewood Auto Group. You can text us, 778-402-9680. It's the Great Clips text message inbox. Great Clips. It's going to be great. Get an early start on errors and omissions because I forgot to report poll question results from Tuesday on yesterday's show. We asked you who's the first to break out of the slump. Beauvillier, Garland, Joshua, Souter. The winner was Anthony Beauvillier. He got 38% of the vote, 29% to Garland, 26% to Souter. Not a lot of Dakota Joshua believers, only 7%. Cap Space Andy says Garland isn't in a slump. He scored this month. Uh, Lego Batman says, I'm a guess whoever sees extended time with Elias Pettersson. I'm not sure anyone in that group is going to see extended time with Elias Pettersson. Then yesterday's poll question, we asked you, uh, who's most in line after October? Who's most likely to win an NHL award? The Options were Demko, Hughes, Patterson, and Talkett. Blake, who won the poll? Uh, Talkett. He didn't. No. Hughes hmm. got 38%. Coach got 32 Patterson got 22 Demko just 8 Stephen, going Patterson for the Selkie because of Bergeron retirement, ripe to claim the new throne. And, you know, the Selkie works as a consolation prize for a potential MVP candidate who maybe doesn't quite get there but is a great defensive forward. Josh says Patterson could win the Selkie Hard or Lady Bing, so I'd choose him solely based on how much he could be up for. Very good shout, Josh. Saw a lot of that. Uh, Hughes Sports Podcast says, well, I think Rick Talkett should. I think Quinn is the most likely if he keeps this up. And then Bruza says, uh, it's a sweep. Give them all to the Vancouver Canucks. That would be a heck of a parlay. Mm-hmm. One heck of a parlay. Errors and omissions from yesterday's program, and there are several. My BC place history is all out of whack. Here. You're all sixes and sevens. Uh, I, they they did something before the Olympics. I know they did. I don't know if they widened the mezzanines or did they did they did something. They did, mm-hmm. but they didn't do the seats. I thought they had done the seats before the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Clearly, they had not people provided uh, opening ceremony uh, picks mm-hmm. from BC Place, and they were still the blue seats. Well, I got uh, BC Place fact wrong too because I thought it was Beckham in the pink boots as a member of the MLS Galaxy versus the MLS Caps that had the upper deck open, but it was the previous visit from David Beckham. Yep. And then on the Puck Doku side, everybody, we told you that the special category that we crafted with the Puzzle Master. 1,000 NHL games played and less than 50 postseason games was a category where nine former Vancouver Canucks qualified. So here's the list. Louis Erickson, Steve Steos, Radam Verbata, Mike Sillinger, Sam Gagne is the active player. Remember I said nobody's yep. active, but Gagne signed, signed this week signed. with the Oilers. Uh, Ivan Boldarev, Doug Bodger, Don Lever, who yeah. had a hell of a career with the Canucks, and then Andrew Castles. I had hinted that one was a terrific setup man. I got some Henrik Sedin back. I got some uh, Demetra back. No, uh, Andrew Castles. And then the one guy with the thousand NHL game played games played and less than ten Stanley Cup playoff games, the one and only 
Ole Jokinen? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. When I said Vancouver residents. I was referring to Eric Brewer. Right. Is an Eric Brewer is on the, li- on the list as well. Poor Eric. Fabulous career. Oh, Canadian Olympic team guy. Yeah. And just played so few Stanley Cup playoff games. So there you have it. Time now for our Betway bets of the day. And for me, the BC Lions are six and a half point favorites to win the West Semi on Saturday. I would think twice at seven, but at less than a touchdown, those are the sort of numbers that I'm more eager to lay. You know, I like Mm -hmm. taking the three and a half. I like laying the six and a half. So give me the Lions minus six and a half Saturday against the Stamps. I'm going football too. And I'm looking, um, by the way, it's great. You get to choose your own point spread. So I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks plus three and a half in Baltimore. Tough opponent, but the Seahawks defense is better than ever now. They just keep getting better. So I think it's going to be a close one. Seahawks plus three and a half pays out at 225. You have to think that the Seahawks are uh, energized from the acquisition of Leonard Williams. Betway bets of the day. Please play responsibly. Must be 19 plus to play. Thanks for listening, everybody. A reminder, subscribe to us and Rinkwide and Canucks Conversation wherever Whoa. you get your podcast. At Canucks Cabo. And Canucks Army. Follow on Twitter. That Or follow on social. That's Twitter, Insta, uh, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. And, of course, support the community sponsors you hear us talking about. Keep it local.